Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. We're getting right into it today. We got no business to do all the nonsense. Blah, 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 blah. We're coffee. getting coffee. Down. Get a hold of yourself. This is a special DIY Money. It's been a very long time. I think episode one through eight, we just came on and just rambled a little bit. Uh, and then we got 28, the, and probably. then we got the inspiration. Probably, it probably felt like that to do the questions. But today, we're going to take a break from questions. And I think it's very important to address what is happening out there in the environment from our perspective. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You, I'm sure, are reading a lot. You are hearing from your friends. You're getting phone calls, maybe. You're calling others uh, about what's happening in stocks like GameStop, AMC, uh, BlackBerry. uh, What's the other one? Koss. Let's see, this morning it's, uh, I think, United Air- American Airlines. They're even targeting silver now. Uh, so what's happening, unless you've been living under a rock, and started with GameStop, is a concentrated effort. I'm just going to say what it is, and then we'll break it down. A concentrated effort to create a unbelievable short squeeze, resulting in a dramatic increase in price. So... Daniel, break that down a little bit from the CFP perspective. Talk about you know what exactly is happening. See, this is a, why I wanted to do this subject matter. I'm, we're going to give opinions on it, but once again, I think people are a little bit you know they act like they might know because they've read uh, you know a message board, sure, <laughs> but they don't really understand the intricacies of this. All right, so we'll walk through it, and it was at the disclaimer at the beginning or end of the show, but obviously anything we talk about today is not a recommendation to buy, sell, or participate in what's going on, but let's walk through what actually happened. So uh, weeks ago, you had GameStop. We'll take GameStop because it's the one that's been most in the headlines, and some of these elements will be unique to GameStop, but the practical things that are happening uh, are what happens in a short squeeze. So GameStop a couple weeks ago had about 102% of the total shares traded, the total shares available, that's called a float in Investopedia terms, right? So the float, the shares traded was about 102% of that was actually short, which means hedge funds and other just investors were betting that the price of GameStop would go down. Now, they make money between the price that they shorted at and zero. Uh, So as long as it goes down, they continue to make money. If it goes up, they lose money. Now, the reality is that it shouldn't be more than 100%, okay? So there there shouldn't be – and here's why, okay? It used to be – and this is is where regulation is going to come into play, and it will be very interesting. So years ago – um, and we need to break down exactly what a short is. So again, this is this is going to be a good informational uh, d- dialogue. But years ago, um, I could get on my computer at any moment and I could short any stock. Now, let's break down what that means. All right, shorting a stock is betting against the stock. You are going if you go long a stock, you are buying the stock in hopes most most of the time that it goes higher and you will then sell it higher and and you make a profit shorting a stock is exactly the opposite now it's 
important to understand how that happens. Anytime open, anyone opens a brokerage account, in buried in the the di, the text of all the documents you sign, or you just kind of click through now on your phone, you're like, yep, initial, 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 initial. You are giving the brokerage house the authority to lend out any shares you own for shorting purposes, okay? Similar to when you open a bank account and you deposit $50,000 into your savings or checking account. Whether you know it or not, you have given the bank the authority to lend out your money. In fact, the bank only needs to keep 10 cents of every dollar on hand, and they can basically loan out the remaining amount. If some of you just had like a light bulb moment, you're like, wait, what? Um, that's the banking system in the United States. That's but why every 20 years or so we about basically have a cataclysmic crash. Yeah, but to be fair, you don't actually see that happen in your brokerage account. So you see Not the shares all. in there. Not at all. And They're just borrowed. And at any moment, at any moment, when you go to sell, it it is, it is supposed to be um, – uh, fluid to where, let's say your shares happen to be borrowed, you know, borrowed by someone else, um, and you go to sell them. It's not like you have to figure out who's borrowed them. Hey, I need these back so I can sell them. It's instantaneous. But uh, you, so yes, you don't know. But let's keep walking through the example. So, to short a stock, what happens is, and this again, a lot of times is instantaneous, and I'm. I promise I'll get back to the 102% here. It's important to understand all the steps. To short a stock, you go on your phone or wherever, and you're saying, okay, I want to open a position. I'm going to sell short. That's not selling long. If you're selling long, you own it, and you're selling it. You are selling short, SS, many uh, brokerage platforms have it, and you're going you're gonna to open this position. Okay, instantaneously what happens is this sh the, the computer goes out, or it used to be brokers on the phone, but it, it goes out and says, okay, who can we borrow these shares from? We're going to borrow these shares from this individual. We're going to place them in your account, and you are going to sell them. Okay, You've never owned them, but you are going to sell them. For an instant, you have the shares. For a nanosecond, you yeah. own the shares. But what happens instantly is you are actually given a credit for the money that you received by selling. Now, again, people are like, how does this happen? This doesn't seem <laughs> right. This doesn't seem... It's been happening for, you know, 100 years. So this is really nothing new. But what happens is, let's say in Daniel's account, he owns 100 shares of Apple. Uh, I want to sell... I think Apple, hey, they're reporting earnings. I think they're going to go down, whatever. Full disclosure, a bunch of us own Apple. Okay. Uh, but I, what I do is I get in, I say, okay, I want to sell short. App, Daniel's shares come over to my account. Now... When he logs into his account, he still sees those shares, okay? They're just not there. Ooh. Comes over to my account. I sell them, okay? I then get the money, all right? Now, Apple's being traded up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. If the stock starts to go higher, I have a little problem. I've borrowed them from Daniel, or in essence from my brokerage firm who really borrowed them from Daniel. At some point, I have to reverse this trade. To reverse the trade, I have to go out and buy the shares with the capital or and more, potentially, if it's going higher, and return the shares, okay? So if the stock is going higher, let's say I shorted at 100 I have $100 for every share I shorted, and the stock, I was wrong about earnings, and it goes to 105 110 115 120 and I'm like, oh, crap. At some point, i got to buy these shares back with the $100 I got, 
and another 15 or 20 or $25 of my own capital, meaning I've lost the money. Yep. All right? So I buy the shares back. I, I reverse my short position. They automatically return those shares to Daniel, et cetera. Okay. Conversely, if the stock goes down, uh, really check this one out on YouTube because we're being very animated, and I think that helps the discussion. Uh, oh, we got a new discussion. table. Oh, we got a new table, new setup, everything. So if I subsequently – I feel like I'm teaching in class. This is kind of fun. So if, I'm here whenever you need me. Oh, I, we're going to circle back around to the 102%. Uh, if the $100 goes down, right – I'm right, and the stock is going down. Now, whenever I want to reverse my position, I take my $100 that I got, I buy the shares back, and I keep the difference. So let's say it's 90 or 80. I get to buy it back for 90 or 80, and I keep the 10 or 20 that I made. That is shorting. That's how you make money. Now, there's a couple of caveats to that. One caveat is if I'm borrowing something, I pay interest. And so I'm paying interest as long as I'm borrowing these shares. Sometimes it's very high interest. Sometimes it's very low interest. I'll tell you right now, it's much higher than you know mortgage interest. It's like 7%, 8%. And as the stock becomes more popular to short, that can be 10 12 15 20% interest at times. Okay, So it's a costly endeavor. All right? Now, to be fair, this sounds like a wild and crazy thing. It's actually how Amazon started selling books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They Jeff actually Bezos took the money. had yeah. ads, and they sold books, and then he went out and bought, bought books. And, yeah. and so if you were to sell something on the internet before you own it, and you put it on your credit card, and then you go out and buy it, you are subject to whatever price you can get it at because you've already locked in the price that you sell at it. That's yeah. basically what we're doing with short sales. No question. Okay, now, back in the day, prior to, I think it was the financial crisis, maybe even a little bit before then, basically you could go onto your computer and short any stock, as much of it as you wanted. And they never really, these brokerage firms, never really went out to see if they had all the shares available to be borrowed and subsequently short. So, uh, you know, as times kind of went on and there were periods of high volatility and stocks were getting whacked or what have you, people went out and said, wait a second, 200% of this float is short. That's impossible. That can't happen. So they implemented a rule that the brokerage firms are supposed to follow. And it, again, was implemented by computers, should be instantaneous. And that means that in order for the stock to be shorted, they actually have to locate the shares and actually know the amount of shares that are being borrowed at any one time and being sold short. So that at any one time, it, the reality is it should not ever be sold more than 100% of the float. And even you know, in any instance like this, 10, 20, 30% of a, share, of a float being short is, is significantly high. Now, I want to introduce one caveat here. And this is what I was talking about in the tribe this morning a little bit is this is kind of a sophisticated thing. Not just what I just talked about, but to identify that this is 102% short and that this is a good target for a short squeeze. I'll tell you right now, whoever, you know, I can't say his handle because that would be bleeped out, sure. uh, is on the Reddit who basically started this whole thing. This isn't a 17-year... Well, it could be, but he's, he's pretty <laughs> darn smart. He's going to be working at Goldman. I mean, sure. pretty sharp kid. If he kid. doesn't already. Right, sh pretty sharp kid. So it kind of came to light. A little backstory you may, may not be aware of, Daniel, but Michael Burry 
Um, the savant that was mm-hmm. um, noted in The Big Short, yep. um, who made a, several billions of dollars playing the housing crisis, he actually, his fund, Scion Capital, I think it is, was long, was going, was buying GameStop weeks ago. And he wrote about, and he kind of took a little activist position. That just means he's going to try to influence management. And he talked about how many shares were short, and he talked about how he was getting involved. And I think that that right there is what put it on some people's radar. Whoa, we have the support of a hedge of an institution who's being a buyer. Mm-hmm. The sure shares are ridiculously short. Here's a good target, and I'm going to set you up. Here's a good target for a short. So, set up the situation. You have effectively all the shares outstanding are short by some people. So, 100% are owned, right? And they've been passed around and, and borrowed. So, people own it. People are short it. Now, these people who are short it, they can make money between the price that they shorted it and zero. But as it starts going up, they lose money. Uh, if they've bought it on credit, it kind of accentuates that as things get worse and worse. Because and oh, by the way, when you mm-hmm. go long a stock, you can only lose what you invest. Yeah. If you go short a stock, you can lose an infinite amount of money. So if you go short a stock or at five and it goes to zero, you made the five bucks. But if you go short a stock at five and it goes to 10, you've lost all of your investment. It goes to 20, you are losing not only that investment, but three or four times as much that investment. It yep. is a it is a reverse compounding issue. And if you do this uh, with credit more than you have in your account, you basically then have to put more and more money into your account for those who are short. Uh, for those who are long, you know, you're making it on the upside, which is fantastic for those that are long. So what happens in the short squeeze is uh, investors on the buy side go out, in the simplest terms, go out and buy the shares. Once there's demand to start buying the shares, it sort of drives things up because there's not sellers in the share. People are already short the shares, so those sellers are kind of already out. And as those people who are short start to lose money in their, whether it's, say, their hedge fund uh, or just a personal investor, you start to go, okay, I want to trim back my position. I'm losing money. I'm merely going to sell all or, in this case, close out the position by buying it, right? So I'm going to uh, close out that position, either all or in part. And what that does is create demand on the buy side now, right? So uh, I, as an individual investor, go, oh, wow, that's short. You know, I'm going to buy some because it might go up. I buy some, and then my neighbor buys some, and then his neighbor buys some. And then all of a sudden, these short people are losing money, and they go, well, we got to buy some. And you have a basically a herd mentality onto the buy side. So buy, buy, buy. What would normally uh, transpire in a healthy market is shorts would come in and go, this is overvalued. We'll short it. And then that would kind of put a cap on the price. But if the convicted shorts are getting squeezed and having to close their position, you basically have a massive snowball going in the other direction. Now, what threw fuel on the fire for this was the amount of really retail investors, probably some hedge funds too, that then oh, no levered question. up with <laughs> options. Yeah. And so what happens in the option world is when I go out and buy an option that represents 100 shares, each contract of an option... And so uh, what was happening on some of these boards where people were buying far out of the money, which means far above the current price in call options, which gives them the right to buy 100 shares at a higher price or whatever price. Well, what happens when they buy that from their broker, their broker now is effectively short. So the investor has the option to buy shares higher. The uh, broker has to produce those shares if it hits up there. 
what the broker then goes out and does is they buy the shares. So an investor buys a call that forces the broker to go out and buy the shares to effectively be neutral. And what that does is create more buying demand. Well, what happens is these retail investors who want to see the price go up can really leverage their accounts much more. Don't do this. This is not a recommendation, but they can do this. Whether or not they should is a whole other scenario. They can leverage up their account pretty heavily with options by going into the market, putting a little bit of money down on a call. Buying a call, going along a call, has a fixed uh, amount that you can lose. So it it wasn't a terrible um, risk management on the on behalf of these retail investors, though they may have been building outsized positions. But this created even more accentuated buying. Uh, because you think about an investor who maybe went out and spent a uh, hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars to secure a um, you know hundred shares of uh, GameStop. Now their broker has to go out and buy X amount of shares to make that a neutral position. As the price of GameStop keeps going up, we won't get into the details, but that option becomes more and more valuable, and the broker has to buy more and more shares. Basically, with every dollar that GameStop went up, people had to go into the market, whether it was uh, hedge funds who were short, retail people who were short, uh, brokers who had sold call options to investors. Everybody had to keep buying, buying, buying. Well, the, n- the natural, uh, you know, flesh this out a couple days or a couple weeks or however long it takes eventually you start to run out of buyers. At some point, everybody who wants to be, including your grandma, has gotten into GameStop, right? And I know on the boards they were talking about, you know, don't sell till this number or that number or whatever. But at some point, when the dollar amount starts to reach that number, somebody goes, well, I don't want to wait for that guy to sell, so I'm going to try to sell first. And so maybe that number is that number minus 10 or $20. Somebody starts to sell, you have a down day, people go up, maybe that's the top, they start to sell. And then all of a sudden, that big short squeeze can reverse very, very, very quickly in the, in the other direction. And now the people who were levered in what looked like the correct direction can be equally hurt uh, when it goes down. couple of things. First of all, that was uh, very detailed, very good. Uh, and you can go back and, and kind of hash through that a little bit because it's a lot. I feel like I need a whiteboard for this. A lot of details. But here's the deal. This is a couple things I want to share. First of all, this is nothing new. Okay, this this is it. It's it's very. Here's what is new: the accentuation through uh, social media, the accentuation through the fact that uh, those on the message board are taking this as like a revolution. Like this is a um, you know uh, this unbelievable massive movement against you know social economic inequality and they're to a degree they're right right because many of these people are saying wait a second what we're doing is no difference than hedge funds have been doing for years creating a market they're right they're absolutely right um the challenge too is is that you have folks like uh chamath um palihapitiya i cannot i mean his last name's fun to say um he is the owner of the warriors and he uh runs a fund called Social Capital, and he's become very popular in the last several months for some of his big bets and some of his um, SPACs, which is, you know, special purpose acquisitions, et cetera. Whole nother show. But yeah, whole nother show. But he went out when the stock had squeezed to like 150. Now, to put things into context, the beginning of the year, the stock was around 20. Now, also to put things into context, last August, it was five. So this has already begun way before it's getting all this attention. Mm-hmm. But he went out at like 150 when it was like 150, which is absurd. You're like 20 to 150. Oh, my goodness. 
And he publicly went out and bought a ton of call options. I mean, and that is just, you know, that's like when the guy's rolling, you know, craps at the table and he's got like 18 rolls and you're just like, I can't believe he's rolled 18 times. You know, this is amazing. And somebody comes up and says, yeah, 100 grand on him. And you're like, what? That's, he can't keep doing this. And that fueled, you get, you know, Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. He was on top. I mean, it just fueled the fire. It's at $400 as we speak and went to as high as 490 this morning. So this is, while it's nothing new, it is like a lot of things through social media. It is being absolutely exacerbated. Is that the right term? I don't know. Exacerbated? Exacerbated. It's being way taken to a whole new level, which is fascinating. So a couple of points. Number one. Is this normal? No, absolutely not. Okay, and it's not the new normal either. Um, so if you're out there and you're doing this, okay, be super careful. I mean, th- this is if you happen to have gotten onto this and you bought some shares in your Robinhood account and you're like, man, I am killing it. I just great, enjoy it. You know, we had somebody in our office yesterday uh, through a referral. You know, yada, young folks, and and she happened to have bought some BlackBerry and she's like, I'm up like thousands of dollars. And I said. What are you going to do? And she's like, I, I don't know. And I said, and it wasn't investment advice, right? She was a client, so sure. I guess I could give investment. I said, why not take half off? Like, at least book some of it. And then the other half, you know, you can let run. And who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. it buys your house. I have no idea. But the reality is, is that if you found yourself in this situation, great, enjoy it. But please don't become intoxicated by this, you know, easy riches sort of mentality because this is not normal and it will not last. It just won't. Um, Ultimately, in the flip side is if you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness, I should get involved in this. Holy cow, I just have to throw up the huge warning flags. And no, I'm not saying that the retail investor shouldn't get involved in the markets. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is going out and buying a stock that is basically worthless and it's up 5,000% and you think you're going to get another 1,000% is absolutely gambling. I mean, no question about it, gambling. And when we talk gambling, I like to tell folks at least go to Vegas They'll give you free drinks. What That's else, right. Daniel? Well, I mean, speaking of gambling, when you walk into a casino, right, it the person winning on the slot machines makes it look easy. Always. But there's hundreds of people in the casino playing slots and just losing money. Yes. So... That's not stocks, right? I mean, you can make money in stocks over the long term with a sound investment strategy. But just because one or two instances or a couple instances resulted in some massive returns, that doesn't mean that that's a new, you know, a new thing. Two, it doesn't mean that you personally have figured out a good risk management system for your portfolio. And if you don't sort of have that plan in place, you have risk management in place, you you kind of know uh, what you are risking as far as your own capital and what the potential downside is as far as the shares that you own and so forth, uh, then I would really caution you to maybe not even get involved with it at all. Do your homework, study, understand the implications, especially if you're going out and buying options or buying or selling stock on margin, which is credit. Uh, just be very careful. This is not to say don't participate, but understand what it is you're doing because people are going to be left holding the bag do not risk more than you can lose i mean look look, here's the deal i in the 90s while i was in college we were doing this we were i mean we weren't pumping and dumping stocks but you you would see dot-com stocks in the 90s and through yahoo message boards 
it wasn't short squeeze, but this is the play of the day. Like, this is the stock of the day. And I would buy shares, and I would go to class, and I would come back and make a few hundred bucks and all the rest of that. Most of those companies were not in existence three or four years later. So if I would have thought I was investing, holding those companies, thinking that they were going to be worth a fortune, I would have left with zero. So please just be careful if you're if you're participating in this but i want you we did this i want you to understand the what's really going on it's very important anything it's else good. to add well watch out for the regulators cuz they're going to get involved oh, eventually gosh, and absolutely. that can create a reverse quite quickly uh, yeah. if they come out and say anything about uh, whether it's halting the stock um, or just looking into what's going on um, this for lack of a better word scheme could be up quite quickly hopefully though i and i think this is what the you know, the traders are hoping for is that this also sheds light on what some of these institutions do all the time. Yeah. And, and it's true. They do. And I and I'm and I kind of, you know, there's part of me that sides with them. It's like, yeah, yeah go. Well, we're get not after defending it. short. I mean, short sellers took a calculated risk and uh, that didn't work out. So, right. I mean, there's there's people on both sides of yep. a stock. But the other day. GameStop traded, what, two or three times its entire shares oh, outstanding sure. in the yeah. course of a day, which, I mean, happens with other stocks and so forth. But, I mean, it shows you that, that people are just passing around the shares like a big game of hot potato yep. uh, waiting to figure out who's going to get called out. All right. Hopefully this airs before the stock absolutely craters back down to well, to our best. But it's, it felt real and you're sincere. It was bloody fantastic. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Be very careful with what you invest in the right and prudent places and do it for a very, very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get... $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.